Hello, America, and welcome to a special edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we have an exclusive interview with Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. We have lots to talk about China, the Russia investigation, the pandemic, the election. Ted Cruz is going to cover all that and a whole lot more in just a few seconds. Uh, And I want to thank you for tuning in for a special edition. We don't normally uh, broadcast on Wednesday, but when you got a guest as good as Ted Cruz, you go on a special edition and that's what we're doing today uh when we come back from the commercial break we're going to have our time with ted cruz politics elections china national security russia the fbi violence in our cities we're going to cover it all in just a few seconds You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now, get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, an extremely special guest, Senator Ted Cruz of the great state of Texas, joins us. Senator, welcome to the show. John, it's great to be with you. Thank you for having me. You too, sir. Thank you for for joining us on a busy day. So speaking of busy, I just noticed a little while ago there was some important news. You are challenging the FDA to remove an abortion pill off the marketplace because of the safety risks to women. Can you bring us up to speed on, on what's going on there? It looks like 20 senators have joined you, right? Well, that's right. I brought together 20 senators and, and we've asked the FDA uh, to, to stop expediting the abortion pill. Uh, the abortion pill... Uh, it has been used to end the lives of, of over 3.7 million unborn children, but it's also caused 24 maternal deaths, and, it, and it's resulted in over 4,000 adverse maternal reactions, things like hemorrhage and, and uh, extreme abdominal pain and, and life-threatening infections. And, uh, and so we're urging the FDA to step in and, and, and protect life, protect life, not only of unborn children, but but, but protect life of, of the mothers, because during this pandemic, uh, moms are, are, are using this drug and, and, and at risk of uh, serious negative health reactions. Yeah, that's the important thing here. There are two lives at stake with uh, with the data that we're seeing with this Mifeprex. So that's um, what do you think uh, will the steps be? Will there be hearings? Do you or do you wait for the FDA to uh, announce its response? And then what else can you do beyond the request? Well, I'm, I'm hopeful that the letter and the broad coalition that we assembled in the Senate will, will prompt the FDA to action. But I, but I expect there'll be uh, continued continued effort to focus on focus on the harm. Uh, that, that have come from it. 
Yeah, that's that's an important point. Well, we're going to be watching that and tracking that here at Just the News, and uh, be sure to follow all the developments. As you uh, you had, I always watch your uh, everyone watches your Twitter feed very closely because you always have important news. And I see today you made some pretty profound statements about the Democrats' intentions with the pandemic and the intentional keeping uh, or keeping our economy closed intentionally. Tell me what what's behind that. What makes you frustrated, and what would you like to see the Democrats do to get this economy uh, back up and running again? Well, based on on their public statements and their private statements, uh, I, I believe that both Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi have decided they do not want to reach a deal. That they, they don't want to pass any significant legislation between now and Election Day. And the reason I believe they've made that decision is they've made the, the really cynical political calculation uh, to maximize the economic pain that Americans are feeling because, in their judgment, the more people who are at home who are broke and, and pissed off and unemployed, the more likely they believe it is that Joe Biden wins in November. And I think that that's a very cynical decision. It is a partisan decision, but by all uh, all indicia that that appears to be the, the 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 judgment they've made, and they're they're they are all in in keeping the economy shut down, keeping people out of work, keeping schools shut down, because they believe it benefits their political and partisan interests. And is this just a continuation of what we've seen since Donald Trump's been president? Right? We had Russia that was made up. You had Ukraine. There are a lot of uh, irregularities to the Ukraine impeachment proceedings that uh, didn't follow normal course. Uh, is this just the continuation of trying to stop the Trump phenomenon, the Trump economy, the Republican conservative agenda? Well, in, in many ways it is. You know, the last four years we've seen uh, something really remarkable, which is, which is Washington Democrats. Uh, being consumed with with nothing other than attacking Donald Trump and and the hatred uh, they have for President Trump it's it's all consuming you know the phrase Trump derangement syndrome right. is 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 alive and well and, and and it's you know you think about the first two years of the Trump presidency we had a Republican majority in both the House and Senate and we got an enormous amount accomplished. We, we, we passed the biggest tax cut of a generation. Right. We cut job-killing regulation. And, and we saw the economy take off. We, we, we saw the lowest unemployment in 50 years, the lowest African-American and Hispanic unemployment ever recorded. And, and all of that was on top of uh, landmark achievements like rebuilding uh, our military, like moving our embassy in, in Israel to Jerusalem. And, and all of that forward progress stopped the instant Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats took over the House of Representatives. So once they had a majority in the House, the only agenda item became impeaching Donald Trump. And, and, and they're not interested in passing legislation to help create jobs. They're not interested in doing anything productive. They are on a wartime footing, and their target is the president. And, and if the American people have to lose, millions of people have to lose jobs, sadly— Congressional Democrats seem perfectly willing to make that trade-off. That's an amazing thing to even imagine. And we look at all the sacrifices that this country was built on in two two uh, centuries of extraordinary uh, governance. It seems as though the last four or five years there's just been uh, destruction over the American interest seems to have pervaded a lot. You, you've been an eloquent voice on the FBI misconduct, the, um, the things that we saw in the Russia collusion, false narrative. 
Are you satisfied where we are in the disclosure process, where we are in the oversight process and in the punishment process? What do you think needs to happen between now and election day, between now and next year to make sure that the misuse of the intelligence and law enforcement apparatus of this country isn't repeated down the road? I'm not remotely satisfied. Uh, We have seen uh, at the end of the Obama administration and at the beginning of the Trump administration in the deep state an extraordinary abuse of power. Uh, During eight years of the Obama-Biden presidency, we saw law enforcement and intelligence politicized and weaponized, turned into uh, uh, an affirmative weapon to go after President Obama and Vice President Biden's political enemy. And they turned the Department of Justice into a political weapon. They turned the FBI into a political weapon. They turned the CIA into a political weapon. And And we've seen with the revelations, and, and sadly, that didn't end on election day. Yeah, it continued. Trump came in, came into office. The, the, the Obama-Biden administration had embedded hard partisans within law enforcement that continued to, to, to wage a never-ending attack on the president and to be willing to, to lie, cheat, and steal to do it. The targeting of General Flynn. It, it, it was a grotesque abuse of power, and we now have the Horowitz report, the Inspector General report at the Department right. of Justice about how the FBI repeatedly, and the, and the Department of Justice repeatedly made serious mistakes that indeed deliberately produced fraudulent counterfeit documents to submit to the federal court to try to justify uh, their, their, their political attack on the president. And I think it's done real damage to the integrity of DOJ and the FBI and, and to the tens of thousands of honorable men and women who work there, who've, who've seen the institution they love and revere. revere and, I, and I'm an alumnus of the Department of Justice. That's right. It has been an extraordinary institution in our nation's history, but seeing it politicized has, has deeply, deeply damaged it. And you ask if I'm satisfied, though, there needs to be much more transparency, much more accountability. And the people who broke the law need to be prosecuted and they need to go to jail and there hasn't been nearly enough accountability yet. You've brought a prosecutor's eye to this from the beginning. I remember sitting in uh, the green room with you at at Fox a long time ago and you really understood it before a lot of other people did. Many of your colleagues in the Republican Party couldn't see it for what you saw almost immediately. I remember early on who, who mastermind this? When you look at it, does this go all the way to Obama? Is McCabe the mastermind? Have you come to a theory based on the evidence you've been able to uncover? To be honest, all of the above. It's clear that McCabe and and Comey were intimately involved, but it's also clear that John Brennan uh, was intimately involved and and that Biden and Obama were intimately involved. You look at the the meeting in January of 2017 with the vice president where they directed law enforcement to target um, the, the, the Trump campaign. And, and, and to the, the records record that it was Joe Biden who personally came up yes. with using the Logan Act to go after General Flynn, which, as you know, is utterly absurd. In two centuries of our nation's history, it has never been used to successfully prosecute anybody. It's an unconstitutional law on its face, but, but it was used in this instance as a tool of partisan warfare. And, and James Comey was more than happy to turn the... Uh, 
ter- turn the FBI in, into essentially an attack dog for the DNC to undermine the new president. And, and that ought to disturb everybody, whether you agree with, with Donald Trump or not on yeah. policy. You know what? That's what happens in banana republics, that you lock up your enemies when you disagree with them. That's not what happens in the United States of America built on the rule of law. And the Department of Justice and the FBI and the intelligence agencies are meant to be nonpartisan, nonpolitical. I don't want a Republican Department of Justice or FBI. I want a Department of Justice and FBI that are faithful to the law and the Constitution and enforce it regardless of one's partisan preference. Yeah, and that's the thing. This could happen again. You know, you could be a Democrat president someday, and these, these machinations could be turned against you the way we saw against the president. And uh, that's the part I don't think that's sunk into some of the Democratic colleagues on, on the floor. John, let me point out, I mean, imagine if right now the Trump administration decided to wiretap the Joe Biden campaign right. and send in spies wearing yep. wires to try to entrap the Joe Biden campaign. The Democrats would quite rightly lose their minds if they they found out about that. And by the way, absent overwhelming evidence that we don't have today, I would strongly oppose that. That's not the job of the FBI to do oppo research for whichever party has to be in power. But but you see congressional Democrats that have no interest in in the abuse of power that went on. And, 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 And every time we have a hearing in the Senate Judiciary Committee, their attitude is nothing to see here. We don't want to talk about this. It doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, it it, it is the the biggest whitewashing, cover up operation I, I I've seen in my time in the Senate. Are you confident that John Durham will deliver the right uh, punishment when we're done? Are you are you satisfied with his investigation? I'm sure you have visibility that we don't. Uh, what what's your gut tell you? It, to be honest, I don't know. Um, I don't know Bert Durham personally. Um, I have had no interactions with him, so I don't know positive or negative. Uh, I think very highly of Bill Barr. I think uh, Barr is an extremely capable attorney general. I think he's a man of integrity. I think he took on a job that that was almost impossible to do and has shown real courage in taking it on. So I'm hopeful that that steadfastness that Barr has shown will carry through to the Department of Justice being willing uh, to enforce the law and prosecute those who broke the law. But but I, I don't know what Durham will or won't do. Um, I got to say I'm frustrated, and I know a whole lot of Texans and a whole lot of Americans are frustrated that that, that, that practically nobody has been held accountable yeah. uh, for the blatant violations of law that, 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 that we saw now starting four years ago. Well, the Senate Judiciary Committee, where you're an influential voice, will it do anything else between now and Election Day to get more evidence out, to have another hearing, to bring some of these people before and, and question them about uh, their past testimonies that clearly now don't even remotely add up? Uh, what do you think your committee might do? So I very much hope so. Uh, that That is a decision that has to be made by the chairman, right. Lindsey Graham. I, I have urged Lindsey uh, to be aggressive, to to lean forward, to bring in. I think we ought to bring in every one of the people that was in that White House meeting, that we ought to have real accountability, that we ought to be. The committee has voted to authorize the chairman to issue subpoenas, but at the end of the day, uh, the, the way the committee is structured, it's the chairman that has the authority to go forward or not. And when you look, uh, there's a player that obviously comes under Senate Judiciary's uh, purview in, in a judge. You have this Judge Sullivan who has seemed to act in, uh, un, in an unusual way in the case of Flynn. 
are, as you look at him as a jurist now, where he is in the process of this case, what do you make of his conduct, his, his approach to the request to dismiss the charges against Mike Flynn? I, I'm very concerned with how the judge is conducting himself, uh, reaching out and appointing an amicus to step in and prosecute a case when the prosecutor has assessed the evidence and determined it was an abuse of power and improperly brought. Uh, that, 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 that's not within a judge's normal purview. And, and, and the fact that he appointed um, a, a, another fellow judge who was already vocally urging going after Michael Flynn, I mean, that, that's going and looking for an advocate. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit like trying to assess what should I do in an abortion question. Well, let me appoint Planned Parenthood to advise me. There's not going to be a whole lot of surprise in terms of what what advice comes from that. And so I do worry that this district judge uh, is is playing partisan games rather than, than than fulfilling his Article Three obligations to be faithful to the law. There's an office that straddles two really important issues: the Russia scandal, which you've been such an important voice on, but also China, where you have taken extraordinary leadership in the Senate on on the threat that China poses to America. And there's an office called the Office of Net Assessment. It's inside the Pentagon. And I've had the uh, pleasure over the last few days of reading some of its studies over the last five or six years. And repeatedly, it seems to be marching to a drum not only different from the Trump administration, but from the military, which is warned of China's rising threat, of the Treasury Department, which is warned of espionage and economic espionage. Are you What do you know about the Office of Net Assessment? And are you satisfied that office is giving the taxpayer its money's worth on judging the China threat that America faces? Well, look, I, I am worried that there are voices throughout Washington uh, within the executive branch uh, and within the elected branch, branches that, that, that too often uh, serve as apologists for China. Um, and, and, and that is a, a phenomenon we've seen for a long time. Just a few, a few weeks ago, the Chinese government issued sanctions against me. Actually, twice they've sanctioned me personally in the last <laughs> couple of months. You're on the radar. Um, and, and I'll confess, I, I view that as a badge of honor. The reason why they singled me out to, to, to issue sanctions against me twice is that for eight years in the Senate, I have been leading the fight to recognize China as the single greatest geopolitical threat facing the United States over this next century and to take serious, focused action to defend ourselves and, and to stop China's hostility and aggression. And, and you know, it, it, for a long time, there, there were a whole bunch of Democrats in Washington and, frankly, more than a few Republicans right. who, who, would, uh, who, who would poo-poo the threat of China, would say, oh, it's not that much. They're our friends. Look, Joe Biden has been one of the most uh, – vocal China promoters we've seen talking about what was for many the conventional wisdom in Washington that that getting in bed with China, increasing our dependence on them, increasing trade with them, that that was all good for America. Well, that is completely false. And and, and I do, I, I think the most significant foreign policy consequence of the coronavirus pandemic is going to be a fundamental reassessment of the United States' relationship with China and the rest of the world's relationship with China. And, and we need to recognize they're fighting a thousand-year war, and their objective is, is complete and total global domination. Their objective is to defeat us, and, and there are still too many in Washington that don't recognize 
whether whether we want to be in conflict with them or not, they have uh, been waging an economic, a diplomatic, an espionage, a propaganda war against the United States for a long time, and, and we need to defend ourselves. You were a voice long before many others who, who brought that concern to the American public, and I hope uh, people look back at the early efforts you made to highlight China's danger. People were laughing back then, but we're not laughing anymore because you you were right on that issue. Last question, because I know you got to run with all the business around the violence in the streets, all of these anarchy and, and violent rioting going on. How would you tackle it? You've got a prosecutor's mindset. How do you go about it? Do you choke off the funding? Is that where we got to go? You choke off the funding. You send in law enforcement. You send in the prosecutors. If anyone violates the law, you arrest them immediately and you prosecute them. Everybody has a right to free speech. Everyone has a right to speak. And and you can stand out in the street and express whatever your view is, whether you're right or whether you're wrong. You can say the most idiotic thing on earth, and the Constitution (laughs) protects your right to say that. Yes. But what the Constitution doesn't protect and what nobody has a right to do is to commit crimes of violence. Nobody has a right to assault their fellow citizen. Nobody has a right to firebomb a police car. Nobody has a right to loot or destroy or burn a small business. Nobody has a right to murder a police officer, as we've seen tragically over and over and over again. And this violence, this rioting, these assaults, these fires, these murders are occurring with the active cheerleading and complicity of far too many elected Democrats. National Democrats, none of them will denounce Antifa and the BLM violent radicals who are committing acts of assault. None of them. I chaired a hearing on Antifa riots. Seven Democratic senators attended that hearing. Not a single one of the Democrats was willing to say even so much as a a negative word about Antifa. And you've got local mayors, local governors in in Portland and Seattle and Chicago and Washington, D.C., in New York who politically have decided they side with the mob. They side with the rioters, and they're tying the hands of police officers. The way you stop this violence, you know, you look at what happened last week at the Republican National Convention, at the people leaving it who were harassed and threatened by mobs. Police officers should have, everyone engaged in harassing action, should have been put in handcuffs and taken to jail. Everyone attacking a a, a monument and defacing a a public building should be put in handcuffs and taken to jail. And part of the problem is you've got left-wing judges who, if anyone is arrested, are releasing them and they're right back on the street committing more acts of violence. It takes a willingness to enforce the law, and when you do that, the violence stops. Well, we're going to be watching for that to happen soon. There seems to be some progress at the Justice Department on that funding and, and orchestration level, and hopefully that will bring some some people to justice. Well, Senator, I know you got to run. I thank you so much for the time today. We're, we're grateful and look forward to having you back on again. Terrific. Thank you, John. All right, folks, we'll be back to wrap things up in a few seconds. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward 
an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAX membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C slash Just News to become a four-year member for Just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News. That's AMAC.us forward slash Just News. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title and your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, that wraps up this special edition. As you can tell, you see why we pulled a special edition today. Uh, Ted Cruz had a lot of news. I think a lot of people are going to be paying attention to his uh, comments about Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer accusing them of keeping our economy closed just to swing the election. That's going to get a lot of attention. You heard what he said about the FBI and accountability. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with a regular edition of John Solomon Reports. Until then, thank you for listening. A big thank you to Senator Ted Cruz for joining us today, taking time out of his busy schedule. Tomorrow, a lot more news to come. Stay tuned. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, 
educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.